0: Hello listeners and welcome back to The Possibly Haunted Podcast. different, not so much haunted. I chose something that could be spooky, but we're going to be talking about Egyptian gods, something a little different. But before we get into that, let's talk about our coven corner. Since we are gearing up to the holiday season, it's only the 2nd of December
1: when we're recording this
0: tonight. Yes, It's crazy. But I decided that I'm going to figure out everybody's favorite Christmas carol, Uh. or song, or... What a Christmas
2: something
1: you can hate
0: all of it, but you have to have a favorite one that you hate the I least. I have a
2: least um, hated one.
1: Yes, that's I love my start.
2: Christmas music, <laughs> like um, that's
1: yeah. That's I think fine. we talked about it in our previous podcast. But what what is your least hated song? Yeah,
2: so like I, just as an example, I went to Target today and like spent half of the time <laughs> I was in there internally groaning as I was walking up and down the aisles because they play nothing but Christmas music. Same thing happened at Kroger. Like, ooh. Um, but if we had to go with the least hated one, it would be The Pogues' uh, "Fairy Tale of New York, which is an entirely very problematic song. And <laughs> I'm highly aware of it. But at the same time, it is so bitter and angry. Um, and it's like, I'm in jail. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, Christmas. She made
0: me listen to that one I was like, here. I you so might good. need to...
1: Send us a, a YouTube video Because I have no idea what you're talking about
2: Oh, Basically, uh, so it's a Christmas song Because, you know, it happens at Christmas But it's this guy who's <laughs> in the drunk tank Who's, like, bitter about this girl that he's been dating And she's like You also suck uh, And that's the Christmas song I still want you to send me a video
1: so I can hear it But <laughs> okay, don't worry I dig it, I dig it hmm. Who wants to go
3: next? I have two because I can't, I, I on the opposite end of the spectrum of
1: Cat. I love Christmas. I was going to say is like if we had a, the uh, polar opposite, it would be Cat Carson for the Christmas season. Yeah, yeah. I love
3: Christmas. I love Thanksgiving, Christmas. Anyways, holidays on my jam. Um, so, my top for Tide favorite song. It's also my mother's favorite Christmas song. It's oh "Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas." Aww. I can see that with you. Yeah, it just it makes me cry. Like, it's oh, so
2: sad. It's
3: it's I like a me like,
2: thoroughly depressing song.
3: I know. Give me a good glass of wine. You like your some like comments, man. pine cone. It's so, go- but it's I, like a happy
1: sad. She wants a glass of wine and a pine cone.
3: <laughs> the smell, the smell know, of winter. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the worst. Anyways, um, the second song. Is Mary Did You Know?
1: That, oh, that is a good Melodically one. and harmonically beautiful. And if you've heard the pentatonics version, yes. oh my goodness. That's like the only one I like. So, like, and I actually, it's really funny. I'm not super religious as far as like stri- sticking to Christianity things, mm-hmm. but like Christmas carols or, or kind of about that or whatever, there's something about the music where that's where I was like, okay, I actually feel connected that way yeah. and i mean i'm a music person Musician. anyways but like religious christmas music there's just something about it mm-hmm. and uh i have a mellow playlist on youtube and that's <laughs> the first one is mary yeah did you know with by Pentatonix, just because of the, uh, the and m- it's,
3: it's beautiful. beautiful to sign oh for listeners i don't know if they'll know this about me maybe you do maybe you don't but um i do american sign language and um interpret and that is just a beautiful to watch it being signed
1: is Wonderful. You'll have to sign it for us. Oh, maybe we could do a little Christmas episode oh, for everybody. Yeah, I think, and she's she's really awesome. She actually signs for um, our Celtic Ensemble
0: as well. Um, mm-hmm. So it's and it's really, just really cool to have that feature.
1: Inclusivity, inclusivity.
0: I totally uh-huh. forgot we were like recording a podcast, and I'm just listening to you guys talk like we're having a normal conversation. Which is <laughs> the whole point
1: of the oh, original podcast. The we finally got there, guys. We <laughs> finally got to where what we what we wanted. I guess I'll go next. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so. I like a lot of Christmas music, not necessarily always religious ones, but I have. There's certain ones like "Mary and You Know," but actually, my favorite has nothing to do with words either. It's a uh, "God Rest You Merry Gentlemen," okay, because it's minor, and a lot of people make it jazzy, and I'm just like, I can get down with this, like, I, and that's why I'm like, I ignore the words completely. I like <laughs> um,
2: that's the my in my head. That's the mopping song, the like rhythm that I mop things in, and it feels like you need to elbow grease your way through the song, for whatever reason. <laughs> I can see it. I'm doing it right now. I wish we had a video of this. I can. We're not get getting a video of this that. today. This is
1: not <laughs> happening. But I'm dancing right now, trying to figure out the mopping technique. Um, but yeah, I just uh, a lot of like rock and jazz groups have done this uh, cover of this song, and it's just a really good one to do different genres with. Yes. I just I love anything minor not necessarily sad anything minor which reminds me there's I think I sent it to y'all but the, the minor jingle bells, jingle bells yes. was flipping
0: art just straight up art it took me a while to like actually hear the jingle bells I think he was doing kind of an
1: intro thing
0: yeah, yeah. Um,
1: but it was it was really cool if you haven't seen it i'll probably post it on the podcast it was too cool yeah no, it, it was
0: good it was very cool uh, i kind of have two cuz my my um nice Trashy one that I'm not gonna lie, I really enjoy is a uh, Santa baby.
2: <laughs> I, I get that's a Scully in the car when she won't like stop crying <laughs> <laughs> because it's the only thing I can think of sometimes. Mm-hmm. And you say you hate Christmas music. No, I, I sang a Santa baby in like a thing. The reason I hate Christmas music is because I've had to sing it all my entire life because so choirs and yeah, the yeah, so like. But I sing Scully Baby instead of Santa Baby and I change oh. up the lyrics to be like, please stop crying.
1: <laughs> I may also want you to do a little I just want everyone to record a little Christmas video of their own talent so that we can share that with the
0: people. <laughs> but definitely if you've watched the new um, Christmas Chronicles on Netflix that they came out with where Kurt Russell, Santa? Mm-hmm.
1: I mean yeah, Santa
0: Baby. <laughs> oh god, Kurt oh. Russell. I don't okay. care if he's old. He looks good. I don't bl- like
1: using the word daddy sexually. We already talked about this before.
0: <laughs> Is Santa the new daddy? What about
2: zaddy? No, I'm not going to say it out loud. Santa.
1: What, what about zaddy with Z? No. No, it's not happening. Anyways, but him with the beard, it's working. I don't want him in the Santa gear. I don't have a Santa thing. I'm just saying. It's working for him.
0: Michael and I oh. did have various opinions about the jailhouse scene, because we had like a blues, Santa, in the clink. And I was like, that's exaggerated and overdone. He was like, oh, I actually liked that part. It was fun. I'm like, <laughs> that was painful to watch. So, <laughs> uh, your second one. My second one is, though, I really, um, I have, like, one CD that always lives in my car, and it's the Now Christmas CD. Oh, oh so, my gosh. I was, that's what I was looking up for. It's actually Now Christmas 2. And um, oh. I guess I just stole it from my parents. But it's got this song on there called... Uh, christmas wrapping which i actually really like and it's sort of like a like a story song and she's like alone on christmas and she goes to the store to buy like extra cranberry sauce or something like that for her meal and she meets a guy that uh she had met from a previous party or something like that but he didn't show up i don't remember exactly the story, but i really like it and it's like christmas by myself this year and i'm like yes <laughs> and it's a lonely christmas song and then she's like couldn't miss Christmas this year, or something like that, I don't know. Yeah. But it, it's really cute, and I like it. <laughs> and then do they wrap? Dice. As in, like, well, it's spelt like wrapping paper. Oh, right?
2: I wanted it to be wrapping.
3: <laughs> oh we need to make, make a wrap it.
1: wrap. Like a wrapping paper wrap. I'm telling you, I, mean, I, I might actually get us to do our little Christmas videos. I'm really pumped about this now. I can get down with some white
0: girl wrap. That's, I would call this white people rap It's like there's, She was rapping before we started the podcast It's like good. a patter song for the common man Patter song That doesn't the... know what a patter song Ooh. is Because it's very continuous
1: I like the terminology
0: <laughs> though But it's got a it. like it. chorus The music history in her and just came
1: out a little bit <laughs> oh. Well cool I'm, I'm gonna
0: spike this thing I'm watching the little recording thing and I keep watching mm. it go red So we're hoping that this recording turns out a a little higher quality than some of our other ones, because I am now utilizing Adobe Audition. I spent about two hours today trying to learn how to use it, playing with it, I think I've got it, and we're going to see how I can adjust levels, and I know how to get rid of background noise, so when we started the podcast, my heater was running. I can take that noise out.
2: So we're 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 evolving to the
1: next step of uh, recording. I'm still going to spike your ears with my laugh, but we're working on it.
0: (laughs) So who would like to start us off with the Egyptian gods? Heather, you can go. (laughs) I'm pretty pretty excited, guys. I've been messaging Morgan all day. I am really glad to know that y'all guys were into this topic. Um, We haven't, I mean, I just made us do a Greek one. And I was like, we should do Egyptian. And we haven't yeah. done anything like that. And I know it's not like our haunted, spooky stuff that we normally do. But um, yeah, no, I'm glad you guys well, were well, into I, it.
1: That's the whole point of the podcast, kind of up. But I mean, I grew up with like a hieroglyphic stamp set <laughs> and my own mummification stuff, which sounds really weird for yeah, a child what to have. You but... mummifying? I mean, it was like ceramic organs, ceramic things. But like, I got to take yeah, the organs out, teeth. put them in the bottles. Yeah. You know, a mummification kit.
2: I had a guillotine. You know, normal childhood.
1: Normal childhood, right? Yeah, I had a Barbie.
3: <laughs> had um,
1: a my Barbie, Barbie ended my up Barbie
3: being house. mummified. Does that count? What? say many years now? How I had a cat and put inside the Barbie house?
0: Got grounded for that. A there was a few times. one thing we did. We had these bushes by my house that had these red berries on them. Totally not edible. I don't know what they were. Uh, but we had a trampoline, and my best friend and I, we would grab a whole bunch of the berries and some leaves, and we'd put them on the trampoline and jump around and be like, double, double, toilet, trouble. Like, bouncing around like we were, like, stirring the cauldron. We're, like, remixing we're the potion with the berries. <laughs> That's
2: cute. I Always that. been a witch.
0: And I, I would have, I, I couldn't do that where I grew up. That's all I got to say. I would <laughs> I mean, have been caught real quick. They were just like, oh look, the kids are bouncing on the trampoline. Yeah. I yeah, wasn't was allowed smoking. to have a trampoline. Oh, I'm really surprised I didn't break anything. I landed in between the bars, got bounced off the, into the ground, mm-hmm. which was full of stickers, because our yard was terrible.
1: That's, that's, it led to all the aches you have now? Possibly. But, <laughs> isn't like, Nick Jackson seriously... the one with
2: like half a tongue because of a trampoline accident?
1: I have no idea. Did I, say Mick Jagger? I cannot comment on that at
3: all. It's,
2: it's, there's like a, <laughs> a rock star that has like half a tongue.
0: I feel like it's not
2: Mick Jagger. I feel like,
3: that's, I feel like it's not a singer because
2: it a is, though. That's the thing. Oh, hold on.
0: Okay, she's gonna look this up.
3: Uh, and um, gonna start uh, talking about Greek. I mean, <laughs> we're not sorry, Greek. We're I'm Egyptian. still on Greek.
0: <laughs> Egyptian. Sorry, guys. Um, Fun fact Go ahead. The Egyptians. When the Greek kind of invaded their area, they uh, rolled their Greek stuff into their Egyptian uh, mythology, It's just gonna, sort of there's
1: gonna be so much crossover. That's guys, gonna come it's up gonna be in amazing. Mine.
0: Okay, <laughs> that's in the back of this
2: book.
1: Also, yes, Morgan has some amazing Egyptian books that we'll show you all a picture of later. Oh, excuse me, or earlier, because I don't know when this podcast is going up. Never Time again. is an
2: illusion. I have an answer. Anyways. Go. It was Mick Jagger. He accidentally swallowed the tip of his tongue, um, because there was some sort of, like, collision.
1: That sounds horrible. Not necessarily with the
3: trampoline, And I didn't think that was possible. I
2: I couldn't read that far down into the article. All I know is he's missing the tip of his tongue. Hmm. Weird. (laughs) Cat. Fun fact of the day. (laughs) (laughs) The more you know. Rainbow. Okay.
1: (laughs) Okay, so I guess I'll, uh... I'll get started, because I'm, I'm pretty fucked yes. here. So I chose um, Hathor. Um, now, there's so much out there about this amazing goddess. Badass. Um, mm-hmm. So I am I had to restrict myself, so I'm going to basically go over her main, like, her roles that she's been considered a part of, and then I will read one story that I think is really, really interesting that ties into pretty much everything I talk about now. <laughs> um, so, but she's a major goddess... Um, with many roles, R-O-L-E-S, and one of her names is, quote, the great one of many names, end quote. (laughs) Nice. And, um, she has from anywhere from seven to 362 roles. This woman works. (laughs) Just saying. Okay. Um, so just a few brief things before we get into the different roles that she's associated with, is that she's the consort of a bunch of different gods at different times. The main one she tends to be with is Ra, but she actually kind of goes where she wants and slash is or needed, if that makes sense. And that was the wrong combination of words in that order, but um, where she wants or where she's needed. And she's considered the mother of many, mother of gods, mother of people, specifically pharaohs and the kings. And so... She's considered the queen, if she's the mother of the kings kind of thing. Um, she normally wears a headdress of cow horns and the raw sun disc that has two snakes kind of encircling the sun. Um, she also can be seen as a white cow with the same headdress because mother of all nutrients Mm. kind of thing. Mm. (laughs) You cannot eat this cow. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Now, she, it's been speculated that she actually existed, like, before the Old Kingdom by different names. However, we're going to say that she started around the Old Kingdom, which is 2686-2181 BC <laughs> <laughs> numbers. But yeah, she's been associated with so many different people, and that's why she has so many different roles, is because they think she's just kind of fluctuated with different names. Um, so let's just get started on the roles that she, uh, has, has done, been a part of. Words, is. Mm-hmm. Is. <laughs> um, so she is a sky goddess. So she dwells in the sky, um, which is considered a body of water, um, in Egyptian mythology. There's, there's a lot more to it, and I'm
0: oversimplifying it oh all right that wasn't the face i was saying wow i didn't know that that's interesting <laughs> i went that was the o face i went <laughs> so
1: the o face
0: sorry. the oh face oh h h h h um
1: yeah i went deep down the the rabbit hole so yeah it's considered a body of water so ra which is basically the sun god um is in a ship that goes around the earth um, and so, but it's like a, like a boat, like a boat ship kind of thing. It's really interesting. Anyway, so she dwells in the sky with Ra, who is actually her dad, but we're not going to get too into that, because that's also and her husband. husband, you know. That, okay. um, that happens a lot. Oh, I know. it's just, you know, it's a thing. Um, and actually, no, we're not, we're not time for that. We're going to continue. Roll on. Okay. <laughs> um, so another one is a solar goddess, and they u- they use, they're really key on the word solar Versus like sun or anything like that's just that's really important to differentiate so in this role she's known as the golden one and this is I'm going to go through it and then we'll get to the story later but I as in your eyeball of Ra um, which is the protector of Ra she's also known in this role as Hawthor of the four faces which involves four cobras um, and this is the part I like that will go into more detail is the dark side of Hathor which is based on vengeance and uncontrolled rampage, Mm -hmm. which is really interesting because there is, and I'm I'm overgeneralizing because I don't, this isn't my area of research, but from what I gathered, um, there was an Egyptian belief that women encompassed both an extreme of passions for fury and joy, Um, which I'm like, I think all people, but yes, I can see that. Um, (laughs) So that's the solar then we move on to her role with music, dance, joy, and drunkenness. Solid. Um, right? I'm like, oh, I'm down. I'm cool. My four <laughs> <laughs> Um So Egyptians uh, celebrated the sensory pleasures of life. And um, she has a an actual instrument called the sistrum, um, which is like rattle-like instrument. And it's like a What? Sistrum, okay, S I S T R U M, and interesting. I didn't. I this is part of my research. I didn't know this. It's what she uses to like banish the evil in the lands. Uh-huh, that's cool. Um, mm. Which I'm like, yeah, music. What? Okay, um, and but sh- this role doesn't appear until after, um, she drinks pacified beer, and that's going to be related to the story I'm telling later. Pacified uh, beer. So it's it's. Uh, yeah, I'll explain it. I want to explain it right now, and I'm like, nope. <laughs> gonna stick to it. I have notes, guys. Um, anyways, the next role is, if we couldn't guess it, sexuality, beauty, and love. And this is where a lot of times she gets uh, associated or, like, she's similar to Aphrodite. And it's just one of her roles, but that's when most people think of Hathor. now, mm-hmm. that's the main role that they see. Okay. And so, um, in one of the creation myths... She actually helped produce the world itself with, um... I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but Atum. And so basically, this creation myth... Atum masturbates. And the hand that he masturbates is called Hand of Atum, which is considered his feminine aspect of himself, which has been equated to Hathor. Long way to get around to that thing. But that's what it is. And, um... A lot of her sexual side are is represented in a lot of short stories versus greater mythology, um, which I think is really interesting. And here, we again, we see the duality of wild and dangerous versus benign and erotic. Um, I know, I know. Me and Kat, right there. <laughs> Sorry. so mu- Such a big eye roll right now. I know. Um, like, something really cool like I you. didn't know. <laughs> I know. Something really cool. Um, her hair is actually a really important part of um, her identity. So, like, Horace has his eye, mm-hmm. and Set apparently has his testicles. <laughs> <laughs> um, her hair is super important. So, like, when Horace le- loses his eye, it's the same level of uh, grief and anger when she loses just, like, a sliver of her hair. Because that's a p- it's part of her sexual allure, it's a part of her, like... Like kind of her power kind of mm-hmm. thing, um, which I find really interesting. Do they describe what her hair looks like? They just said it's the most beautiful hair out of any of... of all <laughs> creation, like... I'm guessing she doesn't
0: shed like a normal
1: person. She probably doesn't. That. I mean, it's probably all hair that we want. Um, her next role is motherhood and queenship, which we already kind of talked about as her being the mother of creation, mother of people, mother of pharaohs, kind of thing. Um, she has so many roles, guys. Um... Next is Foreign Lands and Goods. And I find this really interesting because she becomes the Egyptian equivalent to other cultures' goddesses that involve mm-hmm. uh, protection of travel, trade, and items. And this is where I got really excited because a lot of trade happened in Egyptian mines and other cultures. Like other areas that Egyptians just had the mines for whatever reason. They mined copper, turquoise, and malachite. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) I am really excited Steven Universe Um, but you'll see turquoise and malachite these blue green colors associated with Hathor because she's supposed to be the you know goddess of protection and just being able to travel from one place to the other kind of idea which leads to her final role that I'm going to talk about (laughs) um, which is afterlife and in this uh, in this role she also goes by the name Emintet not Emotep (laughs) But M and tet. <laughs> Yes, the mummy. Um, Emote. So- Sorry. That's what I was thinking to So in this one, she's the goddess or mistress of the West. Um, and she basically helps... Yeah. Um, me and Morgan just kept looking at each other, giving the finger like, yeah. Um, but she basically helps the, the deceased... Into the afterlife, where they need to go, that kind of thing. Um, she also, before the turnover of everyone can get in based on, you know, good deeds or however you live or whatever, she would also punish the really bad people. Huh. Um, and that's kind of the dark another side where we see the dark side. And um, towards the late period of the Old Kingdom, because before then, everyone pretty much went to Osiris. About late Old Kingdom, the women start going to Hathor, so we see this like kind of gender divide, divide. Um, which is interesting. Um, just when you think about it, so oh, that was a really the brief the, the briefest <laughs> I could get with the roles. But I I this all of my research with her, I was super fascinated with the, the duality that that was placed on her as wild versus tame or dangerous versus benign and um the story that I'm going to read is like a mythical origin kind of thing mm-hmm. um and I'm just going to read it from this thing that I found just because it kind of I don't know I guess I relate in a weird way not you know like because I've done this but uh, so I'm just gonna read the story Although in time she came to be considered the ultimate personification of kindness and love, she was initially literally a bloodthirsty deity unleashed on mankind to punish humans for their sins. An ancient tale similar to that of the biblical flood tells of the great god Ra becoming enraged at human ingratitude and evil and releasing uh, Sekhmet, which is her name before she becomes Hathor,
2: Mm. upon
1: humanity to destroy them. Sekhmet... I'm not saying that right. Uh, Descends on the world in a fury of destruction, killing everyone she finds and toppling their cities, crushing their homes and tearing up fields and gardens. At first, Ra is pleased because humanity had forgotten him and the gifts of the gods and had turned to only thinking of themselves and following their own pleasure. He watched Sekhmet's swath of destruction with satisfaction until the other gods intervene and ask him to show mercy. They point out that she is going too far in teaching this lesson to humanity and how soon there will be no human beings left on earth to benefit from it. Ra regrets his decision and devises a plan to stop her bloodlust. He orders I can't tennet the Egyptian goddess of beer to brew a particularly strong batch and then has the beer dyed red and delivered to Dendera. A segment by this time is crazed with the thirst of more blood, and when she comes upon the blood-red beer, she quickly seizes it and begins drinking. She becomes drunk, falls asleep, and wakes up as Hathor, the
2: benevolent. She's like, humanity man, this was... person was drunk.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, humanity was spared destruction, and their former t- uh, tormentor became their greatest benefactress. Following her transformation, Hathor bestowed only beautiful and uplifting gifts on the children of the earth and assumed such high status... That all the later goddesses of Egypt can be considered forms of Hathor, which is where we get the idea that she's mother. the mother of all. Um, and then after that, she gets into the roles that I've already talked about, um, which is so I I find the story very interesting because she has she still has that dark side when she becomes uh, the Eye of Ra because he has different goddesses and it's always a goddess um, who serves that role. But anytime she's in that role, she's asked to have that dark side because he needs protection and she has to be vengeful and she has to be this way. And then as soon as they're done with her being that way or as soon as she's gone too powerful, that's when they like, oh, okay, time to have your beer. Time to go back to being Hathor. And it's just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like... Like a woman can't have that much power?
0: I have found this to be a very common theme, though. Is yes. that, like, the men are doing their duties but they need the women to protect them. Yeah, yeah no, they that, do. That was...
1: I'm pretty sure that was the uh how like the pharaoh system worked. Is that the women their queens or their they had like female guards as well.
0: I have no opinion to give on that because I have not looked that up. It's a theory. I don't
1: I I don't remember, so don't, you know, cite me in
0: a paper. I feel (laughs) like you're thinking of uh the second mummy movie.
1: Well No, but yes. I was thinking of something else, but that is actually in the second mummy movie. (gasps) <gasps> okay, we're having a mummy marathon. In and anticipation uh, for
0: this episode, I watched both.
1: <laughs> same. <laughs> um, anyways, but yeah, I just... Because you see, especially specifically with Hathor, you see that come time and time again. Like, they're always trying to bring out the dark side when they need protection, and then they just have to cage it back up and basically get her drunk so that she can't be herself. I mean, there's there's a lot to unpack here, mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't really take away from her, her awesomeness because she does do a lot of really good things to help people, too. Um, And she just has so many names and so many things. But um, it kind of reminded me, like, this idea of duality between... This is just one person. Mm -hmm. But it kind of reminded me of, like, Lilith versus Eve. Hmm. And it's that similar kind of idea of wild versus tame. Mm -hmm. And then it definitely reminded me of Hela from Thor. (laughs) Because she was, like, he used her for her,
0: like, power. And it was like, you know what? Mm, Maybe not. You want to be pretty and golden, not uh, covered in blood. I'm just, red's not a bad color. But, another really,
1: um, I'm almost done, guys promise. Um, <laughs> really, something that I think is interesting, because, like, I knew who she was. But until I did this research, I did not realize how important she actually is. Like, I've seen her, her picture show up, because it's on a lot of tombstones, because she's, you know, leads you into the afterlife. I've seen it, you know, in so many different things. But, like, just how important she was, how many roles she has. Because she was a big deal. She was, like, at the top thing until, like, ISIS came in. And then all of a sudden, she gets pushed down to like a minor goddess, and Isis takes the top. Hmm. And I'm I'll just be like, real, there was a second, like a
2: split second what? in my head when you said Isis, I thought about the terrorist. I know.
0: <laughs> I was like, I realize you said ISIS? We're, we're in a different time period, guys. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go next because we have got some conflicting timelines.
1: Yeah. So this is this is what I was. Yeah, we 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 have to remember this is all. Mythology has many variations, <laughs> um, but based on what I I found, that's that was uh, a big deal. Which yeah, it doesn't make sense to me either, right? Like time wise, timeline. Yeah, but uh, that's just that's how the research played out. And of course, as always, I have a pop culture reference. Yes, and I'm gonna focus on one, and it's Gods of Egypt, which most of us will probably have a pop culture reference. I'm not I'm not gonna talk about the movie because that it is what it is. Um, <laughs> but What's really cool is that, I've seen it a couple times just because I put it on the background just so I can do work. I know, cat. I know. I'm aware. <laughs> um, the main thing I wanted to talk about though is after doing all this research and then thinking about Hathor's role in that movie, mm-hmm. they actually almost touch on everything that or the main the main roles that she has. They do it very subtly, like That's her cool. drunkenness or her. Sexuality, her love—they even call her Mistress of the West. Hmm. Um, she can travel anywhere through the land, like cause she's you know like foreign lands and good. Like she can turn into sand. Like there's all these things that they pack into this movie, and she's not like she's not a major character. She's important, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't say she's a major she character. Um, so I just thought that was really interesting that how I think they actually put a lot of effort into the subtlety of her roles in that mm-hmm.
3: movie. Nice. What movie was
0: that? Uh gods of Egypt.
3: Okay. Obviously I haven't watched many very very Egyptian movies.
0: It's so terrible. It's so good. Yeah, basically that's there's
1: there's there's a lot of problematic things about it. However,
0: okay, well, I'm focusing really on
1: Hathor. <laughs> <laughs> um Nice. So yeah, there's just God, there's so much and I I like if I feel like this is Hathor part one. If we ever do it again, I'll have to do a Hathor part two. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know like all the roles that and that's that's why like this is my condensed version guys (gasps) and yeah it went on for a while
3: (laughs) nice well morgan you said you had a follow-up to some of that like some overlapping stories maybe um
0: yes so i trying to keep with our spooky theme decided to go with anubis and was quickly um felt totally betrayed by everything i thought i knew about ancient egypt Because Anubis was actually really quickly replaced in uh, posterity by Osiris. And I'm like, that's not right. (laughs) Everything we see in movies, it's like, Anubis is the god of the underworld. Yeah. No. No. He gets delegated to, like, little daddy's helper. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, that makes me really sad. So Anubis was, he had, like, a big cult. And he was, like, the main underworld guy. In, like, the Old Kingdom time. And, of course, as we know it, he is represented with the head of a dog or a jackal. Um, and he was associated with the process of mummification and embalming. Which... Sexy. Super, <laughs> duper sexy. And baby. Anubis, before Osiris, he did the weighing of the heart uh, ceremony, I guess you can call it. And, which I found interesting, was that they did, they weighed the heart against a feather <laughs> and it's actually Matt's? Matt? My aunt, yep. That's my person I'm talking about. It's her feather that she wears in her hat because she's like a goddess of truth, justice, and harmony. Ooh, and I'm that's like, that's all oh, you can say about her. That, that <laughs> is that is all I'm going to say about her. But I find that interesting that so many are involved in this ceremony of judging the dead. Yeah. And how, how much they work together. I find it very interesting. Um, but he is also considered to be the guardian of cemeteries because they kind of... It's weird. They kind of used the the image of a jackal kind of against itself because jackals were commonly seen in the cemeteries because they would dig up the dead and eat them. Yeah, um, And then they were like, well, Anubis is the guardian of cemeteries now, and he happens to look like a jackal. <laughs> <laughs> so, unfortunately... He gets kind of pretty much replaced by Osiris. And it makes me it makes me sad. But so I had to add in Osiris to my thing, so I just could not find enough about Anubis. Um so Osiris was the son of the sky goddess Nut and the god of the earth. I don't know, Jeb or Geb, I'm not sure how they pronounce G's. But um and I'm sure as we would know, he his famous brother is Set. But his wife-slash-sister is also Isis, and his other <laughs> sister is uh, Nephthys. Oh, okay. And so, the story of Osiris leading up to his death, because after he dies, he becomes the kind of the god of the underworld. Because before, Osiris is like a god of abundant life and fertility and stuff like that, uh, all good stuff, and... I also think he's one of the gods that has the tradition of being, like, a pharaoh in, like, real people. Yeah. He's, like, he's he's one of the, and, like, Horus goes (coughs) on to do. Horus becomes a pharaoh of Egypt, not just a god. Mm -hmm. But so, Set is very wily and hates his brother a lot. Yeah. Because he's, like, the god of, like, war and rage out in the desert, and he doesn't like it. He makes this big, wonderful casket. To fit exactly Osiris' measurements. And they are at a party. And he's like, uh, I will give this beautiful casket to whoever it best fits. And after everybody lays down in it, Osiris lays down. And Set and his conspirators, like, slam the lid down and seal it with lead and throw it into the Nile.
1: Jeez.
0: And it gets carried all the way out to sea to the Phoenician coast. And this is where, again, women do all the freaking work. (laughs) Isis finds the casket... (coughs) Brings it back and is trying to hide it. I assume she can't get it open, which is why she's just hiding in the casket. But Set finds them, and in a rage, he tears the body into 14 pieces and scatters it all over the country. Um, And with... So Isis goes out, and with her sister, Nephthys, which is Set's wife... Yeah. I don't think she enjoys that at all. <laughs> um, They go out and they find all the pieces... Except for his penis, yeah, that was which is eaten <laughs> by a fish. Okay. I got a picture of the fish in here somewhere. <laughs> yep. There's quotations there. <laughs> <Yep>. So they <laughs> they reassemble the body, and they um, Isis, Nephthys, and Anubis it, which is one of the ways that Anubis gets associated with embalming, because after this, even the common people want to be mummified and, and embalmed like Osiris, because they think it will help them be resurrected. Yeah. Because Isis brings back the mummy back to life. Osiris as a mummy brings him back to life. And the story of this is that she turns into a bird. Don't know why. And in her bird form, she uses her magical powers to bring him back. And in the process of resurrecting him, they conceive Horus. Yes. Magical bird baby with no penis. Sucking up all this <laughs> uh, I mean, Horus has a penis, but his, <laughs> his dad did not. So that was, I really, I actually really, really enjoyed that story. It was, uh, yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool. It was just, I'm I'm, I'm I'm with Heather, there's so much.
2: From like, that was the one that they taught us in elementary school when we were learning about Egypt my school didn't teach us about Egypt. We, uh,
0: <laughs> we went to very different schools. But that's cool that it was being You guys <laughs> were busy learning about Texas. And of course, one of the very... Exactly. Yeah, exactly. One of the very famous uh, stories that they like to tell in Egypt is Horace avenging his father going after Set. That's super famous, and I'm trying not to think about the movie, but... i was like, go see Gods of Egypt.
1: <laughs> that's what it's about. There's the plot.
0: <laughs> Which, in their history, it takes 80 years for uh, Set to be defeated, and Osiris becomes the god of the afterlife, and Horus rules the living as a pharaoh, leaving Set back to the desert. Doesn't without that's sexist. Without, without, without a side. Okay, I didn't know that, but... <laughs> <sighs> so much fun. So Osiris is commonly seen with, like, the, um, what are they called? The... son not an ankh. His, his scepters and things and his like crook because those are like farming implements and the crook and the flail um they're signs of a ruler but also signs of I think the crook is probably more a sign of the fertility and stuff like that he gets absorbed into a lot of other different things um but Osiris the name Osiris really helps to come up and out of all the other like sort of death deities And it's commonly seen with uh, Isis and Horus helping him with the dead. And this is where, I mean, you can still look look at the next page all nice and big where I'm like, (laughs) so many similarities, Heather. Because technically, because Hathor and Horus are Uh, married. So Mm.
1: that's what I was saying. Um, She has multiple consorts. Mm -hmm. And I think that's interchangeable. It's not interchangeable for husband and wife. But that's kind of what they were playing at. So she's raw, like she goes back in between Ra and between raw and horse the
0: most. Mm-hmm. But she's also helped out other dudes who need help. <laughs> was, but like Isis is also known as the universal mother and also known as the mother of pharaohs.
1: Yes, and so that's where that's why I think like it was Hawthorne for a while, and then at some point
0: mythology was like, you know what, Isis is pretty cool. <laughs> so it's very confusing. And what I liked about. uh what I liked about the movie gods of Egypt is that oh there's this picture. They showed they showed um, him going after so Isis was at the beginning ceremony with Osiris. Yes. And they showed him going after his wife, Nephthys, and they both got these, they're depicted with these with their wings. And I like that they actually use that in the movie, because he like takes her wings. But Isis and Nephthys are often uh, shown together, because they're sisters, and Mm -hmm. they did all the stuff to help Osiris. Even though Nephthys was at first kind of seen as, like, a kind of scary bad goddess, because she's married to Set, but helping, Mm -hmm. um, Osiris and being along with her sister really helped shed that sort of bad role, and she becomes a protector of the Kenobac Jars. Oh! So you can often find her symbol yeah. i like how i was like i'm gonna talk about osiris and anubis and i'm like but also about all these other people that are involved <laughs> in their stories because, and because <coughs> I, I round back to Nephthys because isis is thought to have raised anubis but it was thought that Nephthys and osiris are anubis's parents and she abandoned anubis as a baby because she didn't want set to find out and so Isis went and found the baby and they raised it.
1: Oh. Yeah. Because I know there's a lot, like, I don't know when or how or why his testicles were taken, but, like, Ra didn't want Set to have children.
0: And Anubis is not his child, at least according to, you know, the legend.
1: And, and that's really funny, too, because, like, he, in certain stories, takes that role or, like, takes the, like, appearance. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so. We're a bunch of nerds here. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> if you hadn't noticed, I was just telling them I bought three new Egyptian books in preparation for this because I was looking around and I was like, oh "My God, I don't have anything on a, on Egypt. How do I not have that?" And I might have spent thirty five dollars on books, <clears throat> which you know for three books, not bad. And she was actually four white, right?
1: right? Technically,
0: well, that one was Norse because it was a good deal.
1: But altogether,
0: yeah, see, four books for th- they're not bad. Actually, that's more like four books for forty, but. <laughs> My pop culture references are fun, and they kind of expand to more than just what I was talking about, uh, because it was, it, it, it it's fun. So, in The Mummy, and the second one, The Mummy franchise, um, it's not really, I mean, it, it's a reference, um, what is his name, like, Ardet, or whatever it is, the Medjay, his pet falcon is named Horace. Mm. Yeah. But they also, like, reference the Anubis statue so much, because that's where everything's Mm -hmm. buried. Imhotep is buried under the feet of Anubis, and I love it, because she's like, he must have been someone of great importance. Meh. Did something very naughty. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Oh, I love her I'm so much. I am not lie
1: that her character and Indiana Jones' character really wanted me to be like an ethnomusicologist or an anthropologist so I could like go out and be like an active librarian type thing. <laughs> Are you
0: kidding me? Every time somebody asks me what I do and they don't understand archivist, my head just goes to her going, uh-huh. but I'm proud of what I am. Mm-hmm. I am a librarian. <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> we should all always channel that. <laughs> and then we already talked about Gods of Egypt. And, it's you know, <laughs> it, yes, it is done. And they, they reference Setz and Horus and Hathor and Nephthys and Isis and Osiris all in that. And they even referenced Apophis because they show Osiris on his ship battling Apophis through the night. Which sets is supposed to be his guardian during the night. Yes. Sometimes. I mean Because Osiris is
1: good?
0: I mean Ra. Yes, I, mean, Ra. Okay, just, I was like, wait, what do I know? Thank you. <laughs> I mean Ra. Ra's on the ship.
1: And uh, the wisdom... Rain.
0: yes and they also Toth is also in that movie and I have a very special pop culture reference to him because I find it so amusing that they did this so there is a video game that became an anime called Kamigami no Asubi. I don't know if you've watched this cat it's wonderful and brilliant and the game it's um and the the show it's a reverse harem and this oh young woman yeah gets to choose oh between, god I just had yes. glasses and it's got, <laughs> Zeus brings her and all of these different gods from different religions to the school to learn how to connect with mortals more. That's right. And it's got, it's got the God of the Moon from Japan. It's got the God of the Sea from Japan. It's got Apollo. It's got Loki and Balder and Thor and Dionysus and Hades and... Oh, maybe somebody else. I can't really remember. Anubis is there, although he's not really like a person person. He's like kind of a little helper with cute little ears. Um, but Toth is like the teacher because, you know, he is all um, wisdom and knowledge and right. all that stuff. So God, Toth is the teacher. And in the game, you can romance Toth, but in, in the anime, they don't do that. But uh, he gets a lot of uh, nice, like, But it's
2: like fan service like, in the wall game. slams. You know?
0: But also, I have never seen Toth so hot as he was in that um, anime.
1: I think his his version in Gods of Egypt was pretty good because he's the actor for Black Panther. Oh yeah! Oh. So if you
2: needed <laughs> the any only reason part. to see this movie, <laughs> that movie if you needed any part.
1: reason, and he's so nerdy and self absorbed, and he's like, mm. you would love him because he's, he's looking <laughs> at a thing of lettuce. And he's like, what is its purpose? And like, and like, uh, whor-
0: sorry, I spoiled it. Horace grabs <coughs> it. He's like, it's lettuce. You eat it. <laughs> or you give it to rabbits. <laughs> Anyways, but so. I really love that because how many times do you run across an anime of a reverse harem with ancient gods from different yeah cultures? It's very fabulous. Um, but I think we are going to move on to Miss Cat because she might have to jump off a little early.
2: Yeah, the time difference means that, you know, I've got, like, an hour less. So I chose Tefna, Um, partially because I was skimming through sort of these this list of ancient Egyptian gods, and I was like, oh, that one looks decently interesting, because I saw that she was the goddess of moisture, and I went, ooh, that means I can sell- <laughs> say everyone's favorite word a lot. But it turns Anyways. out she's not just the goddess of moisture— Uh, But she is associated strongly with both the sun and the moon. She is um, also uh, representing moisture as a lunar goddess, but also dryness as a solar goddess. Her name literally means she of moisture, and the root can be found for the Egyptian (laughs) words for moist and spit. Tally's pretty good so far, right?
0: I feel like we need to have a... Soundtrack behind Cat's story just going moist, moist. in different like sing songy levels.
2: So like I she also it. looks really rad. Um, so she is depicted uh, as a lioness or as a woman with a lion's head. Um, sometimes she's depicted as a woman, but she always wears a solar disc uh, and carries a scepter, and it represents her power and the Onk. Uh, representing the breath of life. Um, She also occasionally was like a snake. So, you know, she is whatever she wants to be. (laughs) Um, So they also associate her with dew, rain, and mist. Um, And she is a protector, one of the protectors of the sun god, uh, also known as the Lady of the Flame, uh, which is also, I, I would like that, title at some point but i'm not i like that one i'm not a fire sign so i'll leave it to somebody who's a fire sign (laughs) okay but okay so the while i was looking this up um i did find that her sort of uh origin story is a little bit complex um which i think is par for the course in this pantheon um so they suggest that um, Tefnut and Tefen were closely involved by weighing a heart uh, of the deceased. Oh God, i would not tr- Maat, uh, which is yes, my person, Maat. Yeah, May it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, And so that's a thing, but it also seems um, that Tefen is uh not tefnut is sort of disappearing into obscurity at this time so tefnut sort of takes over that role as time progresses and um is still maintaining their connection with um <laughs> with carson's uh person Te- ma'at or how how do you pronounce it
3: mayat May it, Mayet, maybe. M-A-Y-E-T.
2: Yes. See, May mine it is maybe M-A-Y-E-T. Apostrophe A-T.
3: Yeah, that's uh, one way to spell it, um, but the pronunciation of it is. <laughs> and mine was just
2: M-A-A-T.
3: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, supposedly the pronunciation is M-A-Y-E-T.
2: Okay, so she is generally described. Let's. I'll try to figure out this family tree. She's the daughter of the Creator God, the sister wife of Shu the Jeez. mother of geb and nut she Ooh. is um and so geb and nut um or, or nut Are she helps of Osiris. Them, <laughs> yeah she helps nut hold up the sky Gosh. above geb at times on occasion you know on weekends and um <laughs> she is also someone who helped create life um So she does a lot of stuff. And a lot of it's like very creation-y story situation. And so I kind of was like, okay, Um, she does a lot of stuff. Um, But so how is she worshipped? And it is... Okay, so in... She is worshipped while she is in her lion form. Um, And she is also... uh, worship she was also worshipped in part of a specific city who had this place that apparently translated to the House of Tefnut, which makes me think of the House of pancakes, but it's not <laughs> um, just in case anybody was wondering if it was the same um so she has specific festival dates, which are the twentieth of august um which and then there's also another one at the 29th of October, which I think is really cool because it's real close to Halloween. And then the last one that they can celebrate her during is the 15th of November. Um, However, you know, they have all of this, like, information about Tefnet and how cool she is, and, like, she helps out everybody. She's always, like, holding up the sky over the earth, and that's, like, important. And she gives you water, which is, like, pretty chill. Um, but they don't have any main centers of worship known, uh, or any temples that they know were dedicated to her, which I'm like, boo. Okay. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So that's kind of, and a lot of her stories are just so sort of like, and then she showed up and helped this person. And I was looking at all the person going, oh, okay. So I figured she'd show up in someone else's story, which I think would segue very nicely into Carson. Yeah, well, she seemed older than
0: most of ours.
2: Although yeah, in the
0: creation story, the
1: creation story I talked about with uh, Atum, like jerking mm-hmm. off, what he's in that version in that universe. Um, he's Tefnut's dad. Hmm.
0: Weird. So I like how apparently they have specific like gods of the underworld, but apparently everybody's fucking involved with weighing of the heart. Yeah,
1: oh, that's, that's really what, good. apparently, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also, well, and, like, first, I like that a lot of us are, like, having, like, crossovers, or like, ooh, they, you know, like, it all connects, but I do like how involved a lot of the gods are with multiple things, like, you know, like, yeah. some of the Greek stuff is like, this is, I, I am the god of this, beware of my territory kind of thing, and, like, that just doesn't seem to be too much of a thing here.
2: Hephaestus Tefna's just like, oh, you need to sneeze a second? Hold on, let me hold up the sky for you. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. Which just sounds Which did, more us nice
0: with humanity. <laughs> I would be really impressed if you had come up with a pop culture reference
2: for Tefnet. No, I couldn't. I tried. I tried real hard. <laughs> <laughs> and
1: Heather is about to go down into Ooh. the
0: internet hole. We are now the pop culture reference for Tefnet. Woo! Hey, okay, Are we considered pop culture? We are now, we I just <laughs> declare We're it. claiming
2: it right now. <laughs> we
0: declare it. We're also
2: American history, if you
0: declare. think about it. Oh. We're also world history, if you oh think about god. it. Oh my god. Okay, no, True. we're going...
1: It's we're too many levels. Two big heads. Let's go back to Carson's topic while we're, I look for a pop
0: culture. We are everything. We are the god of podcasts.
1: That <laughs> <laughs> <Aww. laughs> the going to her too. head.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh no, the Leo. Alright, do we need to say goodbye to Kat? No, or I can, can listen for a more? little while longer. Yeah. Okay.
3: Doki Okie. So.
0: <laughs> nope, my brain does not like that. <laughs> my brain just went to, um, doki doki morning.
3: Oh. Um, so I'm really pumped that mine was in two different people's stories. Yeah. Um, the philosopher in me is why I picked my person, and <laughs> st- it gets nerdy on my level, so... Let's let's buckle in, people. <laughs> <laughs> I say these, this dumb shit to my students in class, and they just look at me like they're about to walk out. <laughs> get their bags and walk out of class. I know that look.
0: I get it too sometimes. <laughs> but anyways. I get it all the time.
3: So as we've said, my person uh, possibly is pronounced Mayet, Um and she is the Egyptian concept of truth, balance, order, law, morality, and justice. So, like all these things, which basically she's like the personification of the good, like Plato's version of the good,
0: but, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> only you would go with that <laughs> route.
1: Plato's well, version of the No. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah. Like not, good. And so, actually, <laughs> what they.
3: Someone else in here cites that she's uh, meant to represent Plato's <coughs> logos, um, which is like a little bit different. I think she's more of the good, but. Philosophers out there, let's start a Twitter hashtag conversation. (laughs) Um, So after the rise of Ra, she was um, depicted as um, the solar balance, basically. And so she... Was basically the goddess of regulating the stars, seasons, and actions of both mortals and deities. Well, then she's pissed off because she made winter come real early. This <laughs> I know. <year. laughs> we made but her mad in Lubbock, Texas. <laughs> Boo. Um, she was the person who set the order of the universe from chaos from the moment of its creation. So, although they say that she is the daughter of the god of the sun. R-E, just Re not ray Ra. Oh. Different than Ra, because Ra is R-A, so this is R-E. Sure, let's go with that. Okay. Um, yeah, so supposedly she is the daughter of him, but she was also in some other stories that I found. Um, someone said that she had no creation because she was created as soon as the universe was created, and she set order to create everything. Mm, I, like I like that one better. Yeah, I like it. Because there's a little bit more power. Um, but basically, um, another nerdy Greek thing is during the Greek period in Egyptian history, Greek law existed alongside that of Egyptian law, um, but usually they favored the Greek laws. Oh, um, interesting. And when the Romans took over Egypt, the Roman legal system, which existed throughout Rome's empire, was imposed in Egypt. Um, and so that's why, the, kind of like Morgan's talking about, there's kind of this overlap between the two. Um, but the underlying concepts of Confucius, Confucianism, um, resembled Mayat at the time, and so then a lot That's of Western really philosophers, yeah, and then a lot of Western philosophers took this concept of her, um, and tried to like fit it into their, you know, their Greek philosophy at the time, um, and so yeah, she was referred into spiritual texts known as the Book of the Dead. So. You must
0: have read from the book.
3: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but basically the main thing that she's known for, uh, which has been brought up a lot today already, is the feather ceremony. Yay! Um, that's not what they called it. But, um, so she has this big feather on her headpiece. That's the word? Yeah, I think headpiece. So. Um, And so what she would do is there's like, um... A balance like a justice scale balance looking thing and she would put the feather on one side of the balance and after someone died their their soul would like be placed on the other balance or sometimes their heart depending on what story you're looking at um and and if it outweighed the feather they'd go to the underworld but if it didn't and if they were balanced with the feather then they would be set into like whatever their
0: eternal and so would you Mistrust. agree that like her feather represents her qualities of like truth and justice mm-hmm. and honoring the laws and things like that and i i'm one of those books underneath the microphone they had the uh, like incantation you had to say when you put your heart to the balance uh-huh. and it was like basically saying like you know i'm a good person i haven't done these things and if you're lying then it
1: yeah
3: tips the scale yeah, I think it's really cool. She's also, if you look at pictures of her, um, not only does she have the feather um, in her headpiece, but um, a lot of times you'll see her depicted with her arms out. I am doing it for you now, <laughs> listeners. Um with long feathers that go, like, extend way
0: past her arms. Okay. Um, which
3: is to represent the bounce um, scales.
0: Okay. That's interesting, because that's what I was saying, that um, Isis and Neftis, that's how they're depicted, too, with mm-hmm. their
2: arms are like, wings.
3: Wings.
0: Yeah, I, I thought about that when you were saying that.
2: She's her also arms Like, Titanic was... style, or, like... Yes. 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 Exactly like
3: Titanic. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thank you for giving me a...
3: <laughs> visual, representation. <laughs> visual representation of that mental representation um she's also a lot of times represented with oh I'm not gonna say this right but Thoth, Thoth. Uh,
0: I always thought it was Thoth but again like I don't speak Egyptian so how would I know Right. Um, who he is the
3: man of wisdom and so a lot of times they're seen depicted together yeah
1: so oh, of course uh, yeah
3: <laughs> I love it because I just, I liked that I got to say Plato at least once in this (laughs) podcast, so... But it's really cool, though, that she's really important in philosophical terms. Uh, Yeah, I like that, yeah, she somehow got, like, and I I didn't know that about her. I mean, before I looked her up, I had no clue that that, like, had some influences on potentially Plato's writings. Which kind of sucks that she's not... Mentioned it all, yeah. but, you Or know. it could have been vice versa, I mean, or the Egyptians could have taken it from Greece. You know, we don't yeah, really know exactly the well, timeline, but it's still I think cool they stole it from her,
0: but, you know. That. And that's and just me. <laughs> I really like that, because sometimes when we talk about these historic things, we like to think of them as being in a vacuum.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's, I, I like that you gave us the, um interwoven connectedness of the different cultures. That's what I'm here for, guys.
3: <coughs> That's right. Bring it all back to Greek. I'm, it's I'm, all
0: Greek to me. It's all Greek to me. It's all Egyptian to me. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, yeah, and that that is... There's Mayette. And we'll post pictures because oh, of she's course.
0: All the universe. I really like that. You, you, you did. You picked a very good topic for yourself. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, I was like, what are you handing me? This is my <laughs> cell phone. Um... um
1: this was definitely fun. We're going to have to do a part two for
0: sure. Also, we need to now watch, uh, apparently The Mummy. Well, The Mummy, but you the animated ask. one. Uh, oh my god, I'm blanking. Uh, the thing you just said? Prince of Egypt? The s- Prince of Egypt. I was like, something of Egypt. <laughs> yes, we need to watch Prince of Egypt, because you were <laughs> like, <"It's> something <laughs> not and, and my brain, <laughs> my brain went, by the power of Ra. When the magicians are doing their thing. Oh, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And they say all the gods' names. Oh, they do. Yeah, and their little chant. So the order
1: we're going to have to go in is all the mummy movies, then Prince of Egypt, and then Gods of Egypt, just because you have to see
0: the The, relevance
1: and all that good stuff. We need to
2: create a group so we can do viewing parties like they do in the groups now.
0: Yes. Yes, we do. On Facebook. So this has been a very informative historical episode. And um if you haven't seen the mummy, I feel like we can leave you with a tiny bit of Egyptian that you can use against your enemies. You can use it as a hex if you want. setna, Destroy them subtitles. If, get a lot. If he says a lot. Uh, huh.
1: If they did their history research correct, that should that should work.
0: <laughs> and if you happen to find a modern day, you know, someone named Anaxana Moon, you can always go Fakushka Moon. Kill Anaxana. Um, I just watched this I watched this movie a lot. Okay. I like,
1: I'm impressed. I like it. I'm impressed. I'm super impressed. Um, And uh, if you <laughs> want to see any of our visuals, follow us on oh, Instagram, yes. the Possibly Hunted Podcast. Um, I want to hear from y'all, believe it or not. Um, So you can find us on Facebook, the Possibly Hunted Podcast, and you can comment on it. You can answer a question that I might ask. I try and ask bi-weekly. Yeah, it's a word. Um, or... If you don't have a Facebook, you can email us at possiblyhauntedpodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com and follow our Twitter at PossiblyHauntedPod.
0: So, listeners, whether you're learning about the ancient Egyptians, whether you are trying to prove your heart is pure against Mayat's feather, whether you are learning how to embalm and mummify people like Anubis... Whether you are the goddess of love and beauty and vengefulness and the mother of pharaohs, like Miss Hathor, or whether you are being a badass lady holding up the sky like our little Tefnut over there, Mm -mm. even if you are all these awesome, wonderful things, you might still be possibly haunted.